Hello everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. We're in Tempe today. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Emma. My name is Emma. And I make dance and do dancing. Cool. Yep. <laughs> um, and what are you thinking about lately? Um, I'm thinking about what that means for me, making dance. Um, I'm also making film at the moment too, so how they kind of do their thing together, how I am a part of making dance and making film. Mm-hmm. Yep. And humans and why, why I have to make dance and why I have to make film. Mm. Yep. That's what's going on up here. And what, what about the like aesthetic choices that you make when you're in there? Because I imagine if you were making dance 100 years ago, it mm-hmm. would look different. But it might be coming from the same need within you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm asking how. How? How do you make dance? How do I make, make film? dance? Yeah. I know it's a big question. <laughs> it's huge. It's all right. I mean, also, how do you use it to think about the need to produce mm. when there's already plenty of things in the world? There, yes, there is. Um, how? Uh, yeah, aesthetically, I feel like what I'm making is definitely different to what would have been made 100 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I wasn't around, so... Um, uh, you can think for ages. Yeah, great. Because we're not live. It's <laughs> very good. I didn't um, tell me about when you go into the studio. What do you do? How do you get prepared to dance or does dancing just fall out of you <laughs> <laughs> yes um I always I reckon I get into the studio and for the first half an hour I'm like yeah just move all moving like no thinking just put on some really loud music whatever I feel like listening to and just quite literally move what kind of do you you know any music that you can say like for me, the Beyonce album, that's just titled uh, Beyonce. Yeah. A lot of those tracks. Great album. And they make me move different ways. And because they change tempo during the song, it's like super dynamic. So that's my go-to. Or some Kendrick, because his beats and his lyrics come in and out of cadence and time yeah. with each other. Um, a lot of Kate Bush. A lot of... <laughs> yeah. Like, love. Yeah. So different then. We're very yeah, different. Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely love a bit of, you know, Biggie Smalls. Mm. Like, yeah. Or even just, I don't know. Dep- yeah, it, can't, it fully depends on my mood and what time of day. Like, if I've woken up and it's really early that I'm in the studio, I probably don't want to listen to you know, Biggie mm. rapping at me. <laughs> so I'd probably put something a little bit more mellow. Um, bit of Tame Impala. Yeah. Depending how. Yeah. Just kind of whatever. Or I'll just put it on. I've got a Spotify playlist where I just kind of add songs that I like mm. every now and then. So it's very eclectic. Um, okay, so you start dancing. Yeah. You, you make the music. Yep. Happen and it makes you dance. And then. Um, and then usually I just like lie down because <laughs> I'm probably really sweaty and puffed by that point. Glorious. Yep. And I just lie down for a while. And then I start to think about, oh, okay, cool. What was I enjoying in that? And then, like, if I'm just in the studio to, to dance, like, mm-hmm. not for, I don't know, a deadline or a outcome yeah or an outcome if I'm just Mm. doing the Emma dance like (laughs) what 
yeah, that's what cool. That, yeah, what that is for me on the day. So when people are in the studio with you, do you try and get them to do the Emma dance too? Yeah, or I try and get them to do, like if it was you, I'd try and get you to do the Matt dance, but at the same time as the Emma dance and to my music. So it's like, yeah, right. yeah hmm. in that initial. But some people don't like doing that, oh. which I found like just like getting in there and just like going for a big dance straight up. Uh-huh. Um, especially if I'm doing a development with someone or, yeah, like they're working with me. That's how I like to, but they're kind of like, oh, so what are we doing today? Like, what's the, I'm like, oh, I just, just, just dancing. <laughs> just go and have a mood. I guess you could put words around it. Like we are like, we, we need to warm up all the vocabularies that we're going to work in. Yeah. And the talking one we've already warmed up. So yeah. let's now warm up the movement one so that when we go to move, it's not such a big deal. It's not such a gear change. Yes. <clears throat> mm. I think there's something also about doing that and then you kind of get into your body and you can do all the weird things, you know, that you need to stretch out or just do the things that make you feel good that necessar- might not necessarily be, like, mm. looked at or researched or moved when you're doing um, the outcome yeah, dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and there's like, it can be spoken about as if it's some form of resource for genius or serendipity or something. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's another way for your brain to think. Yes. Yeah. Physically in time and space through experience. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um... What about, so you've got an outcome thing coming up though? I do, yes. How are you going to, are you going to go into the studio the same way? Um, I've been thinking about that a lot, actually. Um, what a coincidence. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to tell people what it is? Oh, yes. Um, so in September, which seems really far away, but not really. Yeah. But um, That's when all the New Year's Eve babies will be born. Like True. Christmas holiday, yeah. Festival when babies. Everyone's got like Festive. a couple of days, a respite from work, and they're like, "I love you. <laughs> Let's have a baby." September, or, bam. Or the discussion doesn't happen, but it happens later <laughs> in January. Like, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, September babies. Mm. So yeah, that's you know spring. We're dancing <laughs> in spring. <laughs> Uh-huh. You'll be birthing. Yeah, this the thing. birthing. I'll be creating this, yeah. How? Um with people awesome. in the space. Um Yeah, I'm well, I don't know how many people I'll have in Oh wait, I forgot to say what I'm doing. It's a <laughs> it's a lab. I'm doing a choreographic lab for two weeks and I'm gonna make some dance and some film and probably some words um, about purpose and impact and mm. yeah, having this weird kind of I was going to say like spiritual but that is the wrong word but this kind of like ingrained need to make and do things that have mm. impact an immediate impact yeah well it's not spiritual's not so far from it I mean that's what religion has been delivering to mm. us is um, validation of menial existence as impactful eternal um, significance yes <laughs> yeah so it's like the church of Emma the church of Emma <laughs> you can yes, wear the cape <laughs> That's heavy. <laughs> it's, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So how, how do you... So you've been thinking about the need for purpose. Yeah. Well, it kind of has been stemming from um, me, like, coming back into dance and then, like, why that was so important to me to get back into making and doing... Like, I had this need to be doing that in my life, like... Um, yeah and so then I was like okay well 
everybody must feel that kind of need or purpose for something and then yeah I guess it can be manifested in various ways it doesn't need to be uh, like job wise or career wise it could be you know you or impact you want to mm. have a family or your impact is that mm. you want to make a million dollars like I don't know but yeah like why everything has this kind of intrinsic higher need to be mm. sounds a bit wafty no 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 yeah. it's like the very real battle that's being waged between our genetics and bacteria and viruses and they're constantly in conflict and they and our genetics use us to mutate through um, breeding yeah to, to battle the bacteria mm. uh, and so a lot of it like a lot of our uh, inherent need and desire is really like just coaxing us into a war. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but then we're now dealing with that on some kind of uh, larger social construct, mm. like a civilization kind of construct where you're like, okay, while, while the genetics are going to fight the bacteria, okay. I need to fight the existential emptiness of my privilege of a comfortable life that yeah yeah that's exactly it <laughs> yeah yeah it is it's super existential so how do you do that with, with dancing like you get everyone in the studio and then you make them dance the hammer dance well yeah i think so um kind of yeah i'll probably start there seeing as that's what i like to do mm. um I don't really know how many people I'll be working with, but usually it's just been me and one other person or like real small numbers. So it'll be kind of exciting just to have the sheer amount of energy and bodies in the space will probably change. Yeah, how I approach. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> that's I guess that's why it's so cool to have a lab because mm. you can try those things. But yeah, just looking at kind of impact in and purpose in all its like you know there's literal impact like physical impact and there's mm. you know the impact of environmental and atmospheric things and there's yeah, yeah there's like lots of layers <laughs> and it's a loop because you're impacting things and they're impacting you mm. yeah yeah and the people that you bring in will be impacting you and do you are you working with the like tongue-in-cheek knowledge that you'll be trying to make something that has impact <laughs> yeah yeah when I was writing the application I was like it's kind of ironic that I want to make a work about making an impact that makes that this work will make an impact yeah. on that yeah topic. yeah because it's... is that a measure of success of the work or um not wasting your time or something yeah I think so mm. Yeah, time wasting is a big thought. thought. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's like, um, what's the word? There's a better word than that. It's like it's a, it's an anxiety. It's a. I feel like I need to legitimise what I'm doing, so like make it. It has to make an impact, and then I feel like it's like you're legit. Like <laughs> like I'm legit. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, yeah. To who? Well, yeah. I guess. On what scale? I don't know. And when? Like, I feel like, um, uh, uh, Patty Smith, yes. she uh, talks about just deciding to be an artist. Yeah. Like, from a young age, she was like, yeah, that's just, I'm going to be an artist. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've just, I've done that. I don't need, like, uh, people to. Validation. Yeah. Yeah. To make me legit. What about recognition? Yeah. <laughs> A know. little bit. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. I guess it's a little bit about knowing that what you're doing is useful for others as well. Because yeah. I don't, even if I feel validated in my own efforts towards Bless my you. own ends. Thanks. <laughs> I still want it to be um, beneficial to others. I still want to be yes. putting out 
something into the world that others can um, better, that it betters the world. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's something about deciding to be an artist, that you need to know what an artist is. You need to have met an artist to be able to decide. And I don't think I'd met an artist until I was like, 18 and yep. I went to a dance festival because I wanted to learn how to b-boy right um, and then I met these people and I was like what do you do they're like I am a dancer I'm like cool so what is that what do you do <laughs> he's like well I go to work and then that work is doing the Emma dance <laughs> um, I give you a really weird look yeah, and it's like so much of our decisions of how we're going to make an impact and how we're going to direct our efforts are chosen from some kind of multiple choice mm. situation, not a complete overhaul and ground up redesign of yep. possible capacity because you just don't know what you don't know, I guess. Get that on a sticker, yeah. put it on you the bull know. bar. You don't know. <laughs> I always, that always threw me in on that Pocahontas song. Um, you, uh, about, um, if you cut down the tree. Oh. And like, if you never knew, you never knew. Yeah, yeah. colours the wind. It's like, is she saying... You that you don't you know that you don't know or yeah. she's just like repeating it because it sounds good because <laughs> disney <laughs> yeah because disney really killer tune. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's haunted me for years the song or just the thought of the thought of like knowing. she's saying you never knew you never knew because what you don't know you don't know that's pretty enticing mm. it's big um why did you choose purpose and impact? Uh, because I was having this kind of internal monologue. Mm. Maybe it's not a monologue, dialogue with myself. Mm. Um, about, yeah, like what, what purpose my art or my, my dance has to me and on other people and mm. what I, like, yeah, why I'm doing it. And I think I came to an agreement with myself. <laughs> I sat down. <laughs> I sat down had a really lengthy conversation yeah. Yeah. with myself. Um, yeah, that I feel like what I am doing, I need to be doing for myself but also because I think it's important that other people witness it and share it and that it kind of can have impact on them in some way as well and then I kind of went into a tangent of why impact uh, mm. but so will will the project only be successful if project about impact has an impact I don't know for the radio people for the radio there people there was a shrug just then <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah no like I want to say no because <laughs> I feel well because I can decide if it has impact like yeah I mean I feel like me just doing doing it ha will have an impact on me, so therefore it's had an impact. It's kind of lived its own prophecy. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. But then, yeah, I guess it'll kind of depend on what kind of unfolds in the two weeks. Because it'll have an immediate impact on myself and on the people mm. making and dancing with me. And then the people that watch it and I guess that's like kind of everything you consume and everything you see has some sort of impact on you, whether you deem it to be hmm. legit or important or. And then I, I guess the question also arises, are you the producer of this impact? 
like does that side of you get fulfilled as well the 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 desire to produce something that is impactful because mm. that's part of the conversation there's plenty of things in the world that are impactful yes but somehow we're trying to marry up your desire to dance yes with this other desire to be part of something impactful yeah i think definitely producer emma will get something out of it yeah mm. yeah is this the only thing that's on your mind the other things that you got bubbling away um yeah i feel like my brain is like my computer and i have like 40 windows with like 40 tabs in each one so that's kind of crashing it's yeah, gonna crash at it, any minute yeah cool which my computer did earlier this year which was really <laughs> stressful but yeah i feel like um I think I'd pigeonholed this project because I've been working on other things and so, mm. but I keep... Other, your own other things? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I did a first development and I'm still thinking about and making um, a work about women, being a woman, being seen as a woman, seeing as a woman, um, yeah, um, which I did earlier this year. This kind of uh, challenging preconceived notions of what women are, and like looking through back through history at the way that we're portrayed and we're discussed in literature and art and kind of challenging those mm. things. Um, yeah, which was a work that I've had been wanting to make for ages and then I took a hiatus and was still thinking about it even in that time. So I was like, oh, shit, I should really... Maybe we could swap projects. Swap? Because I've been doing the blokes project. Oh, yeah, so right. So maybe you should do the blokes project, I'll do the woman's project. Yeah. Milk Machines, that's what it's called. Milk Machines. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good title. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. <clears throat> There's yeah. um, uh, some excellent uh, fiction, like science fiction novels about, it's like one, it's, it's a trilogy, but one of them's called Marooned in Real Time. And it's like, there are these bubbles that just, put everything in stasis that is inside it and somehow um people have gone into stasis and then come back out way in the future and there's nothing left like somehow that entire human civilization has disappeared um and then they've they're like trying but there's usually like there can be two people or there can be a hundred people in these bubbles and so they're trying to sync up everybody's bubble time that they come out of stasis so that they can start rebuilding humanity and some of the people that have been on the mission to rebuild humanity have a bunch of um like artificial womb systems so that the women are still part of the um authority and decision making they're not just baby making machines and like that's a really integral part of the story is if they don't have this technology, then they can't have an equal and fair society because it enslaves half of the society. Yeah. It's really cool. I will definitely have to check that out. Mm. It's like, yeah, total opposite of um, Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale, where she's depicted a future um, where the human race is dwindling and so fertile women are are enslaved as baby makers. So, yeah. Well, it's also Mad Max. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just like keep having the babies so that they can produce the milk. Milk machines. Milk machines. Yep. So you said, is your is this milk machines like a Mad Max kind of situation? Um, kind of. 
it was more of just like a bit of bit tongue in cheek that that's kind of for a very long time yeah women were you know mm. mums mm. full stop like mm. um yeah yeah and men were ex- expelled from the possibility of being dads yeah totally yeah it was shameful yeah. to be a hands-on father yeah they had all this other stuff that they should be doing yeah but it, that's like mary poppins yeah the classic example oh mary poppins yeah <laughs> <laughs> They're like the dad gets home and he, the children are like bathed and ready yes. to sing a lullaby to, and go to bed. To meet their father. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah, yeah, it's very... What a shame. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think it's changing. Well, mm. it has changed, but it's continually... I remember when I was visiting um, Thailand and there were equal numbers of women on building sites as there were men. Cool. And I remember wondering whether that was a good or bad thing. Right. Like e- In- equality doesn't mean lack of difference. I don't think, because I think difference is still actual. Yes. Needs to be considered. Yes. And so, what is that? In in every situation, what is that consideration, and how do we deal with it? And I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's like. It's a very clear ongoing discussion about like people with hands-on experience in situations that are unequal and are full of diversity are quite often very upfront about the differences. They can reference it without being ashamed that they're embodying it. Like you can mm-hmm. refer as I was like, "Have you met Lala?" And you're like, "Is that that white girl?" And they're like, "Yeah." And like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Whereas, yeah, in, in like some situations, you're like, oh, is that that person that kind of um, was here the other day? You're like, uh, just say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get clear. Um, and then how did you, who did you do Milk Machines with? How did you do it? Um, I did that, I had a residency at um, Annandale Creative Arts Centre which is a cool space, um, and I was dancing with Kate Grimm-Farrell. Mm-hmm. So I'd never danced with her before. That was cool. And a mutual friend of ours was like, oh, shit, you guys should meet up and do some dancing. She really wants to dance and you really want to make and dance, so Perfect. why not? I was like, great. Um, How did you approach getting into the studio or someone you didn't know and like putting your work on both your bodies um with the emma dance we did a lot of <laughs> emma dancing i feel like it makes you feel good and then just doing that for a solid amount of time and then you kind of finish and you can have you feel like you know the person yeah. once you've danced with them yeah, like there's no experience just, with them yeah the same thing happened when we were researching the blokes project is that there's no way that we could get like an old dude from Outback Australia to sit down over coffee and tell us yeah. the story. So we just organised um, mini apprenticeships and we went and worked with them for a couple of days. Yeah. And you get just in there. work alongside. Yeah. And then, first of all, it's excellent because your body feels like shit when you go into the studio. Like you're wrecked the way that they are every day. Yeah. Um, so you have that memory and you don't need to extrapolate or represent. But at the same time, whenever there's a, a rest from the work or because of our age differences, they're always trying to like impart wisdom on us. <laughs> yes. And so you always get the stories, but not stories that you could ever directly ask for. Yeah. And I feel like that's all we're doing as well when we get people in to dance with us. Yeah, you're just getting, making a comfortability mm. to be able to kind of... Yeah, and you have an experience that you can reference. Mm. Yeah. That you've shared. That's why I think that's why people go to the movies together on first dates because yeah. like, okay, we just both experienced something. Now I can talk now about we'll it. Talk about it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, that's what I. That was my idea behind having a dance workshop uh, first at the Big Bounce. Yes. Cool. It was just because, get everybody. Yeah, and then all of a sudden everyone's like hot and sweaty, and they've met each other and had a dance. And then next thing you do is eat some free food together, and you're like, cool. All right. You don't need to know people's names because that's not the meeting. That's not the way in, actually. No, no, definitely not. 
Um, okay, and then after the Emma dance, what did you do to make something? Um, so I had... You're just like, be better. <laughs> do more. No. Um, so I'd been thinking about um, this milk machine's work uh, since my knee surgery, and so I'd spent probably 12 months of doing a lot of thinking and not any mm. any making doing in any form. Mm. And so I kind of just had to spill this like overload of thought um, to someone else, which was kind of really nice to say it uh, out loud when it's just been kind of doing, you know, reverberations mm-hmm. around my brain. But yeah, um, And you have to turn it from like a static electricity into a current. Yeah. Like how do I put this into physicalities? Yeah. Um, yeah so. And how did you? Well, uh, just kind of, we did a lot of improvising around uh, images and uh, things that I'd pulled from history. So the otolisk, which is like, um, it's kind of Orientalism, like in art, like visual art terms, like where women were painted. Um, They were usually uh, like working prostitute women um and they were painted in these like very seductive lying down poses but they were purely like they had no agency like they were there purely as a um decoration yeah decoration or an object yeah like a fruit bowl it's like still life these women were Mm. yeah objects um and so i was playing around with that and how i can still have that because i feel like you know, we're allowed to be sexy and provocative and that without having to just be an object or for a male gaze. And so how I can, yeah, have that image. So we played a lot with these kind of images and challenging and how to add agency as a woman, like, and as a dancer. Because as a dancer, you have an audience, you're already an, uh, an not an object, but you're yeah, yeah, someone sure, yeah. in a gaze. Yeah someone's looking at you yeah um and they're reading into it and finding meaning and or not just Mm. just watching um yeah it's always a play for me when i'm making work between allowing a dancer to reach their full manifestation of physical potential and me taking care of the contextualizing of it so that they don't lose their humanity yeah and subject that they somehow remain as a person who is doing these things. Yes, not just not not an in, not an incredible thing. other. Yes, but yeah. Then when someone is the other, then they're not as impactful. Hey, <laughs> but actually, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of that we did a lot of um, hysterical dancing. Um, is that a play on like? the bullshit that women had to put up with being diagnosed with hysteria, hysteria and being yeah. bled and shit. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, well, what is... What is hysteria? What is hysteria? Well, give me some of that hysteria. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what is it to be hysterical? Or, yeah. like, what What would have constituted as a diagnosis of that? Like, how... Isn't Wasn't there a movie about that? There's, like, um... There was women were diagnosed with hysteria and they would go to this doctor in London, like a really recent movie, and what the doctors would do basically is masturbate them to orgasm and they would be so released and relaxed. They're like, you're cured. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cured of hysteria. Cured of hysteria. It's like, well... (laughs) And then, like, these doctors started because they were getting such, like, RSI and shit. (laughs) (laughs) They started inventing basically some of the first sex machines and sex toys and stuff. Yeah, right. There was a full movie there about it. There was a movie. Oh. I think it only came out recently. But, like, very upper-class women that would go to have their hysteria treatment. <laughs> that was basically... Which sounds like, hilarious now. Yeah. 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 yeah how absurd. Mm. But... RSI. That's terrible. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, you know... Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, like, it's a funny thing. I remember someone once telling me that, like, they're more in support of prostitution than strip clubs because somehow strip clubs, like, bring up and heighten 
the desire and the hysteria within men. Yeah. Um, but they don't actualize it or release it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, like consensual prostitution could be seen as the same way as this doctor's practice. That was curing like, hysteria. Curing hysteria. <laughs> So oh my god! But I definitely see it as a problem in some more like um, frontier towns where the man-woman ratio is way out. Definitely, and ob- yeah, they women remain objects. Yes, yeah, because they're um, they have to be fought for. Yeah, and then if you can't, if you can't, like if you go out for the to feel, I don't know, to find someone so that you can feel touched and intimate yeah. and stuff and you can't get that, then you'll have a fight because that's kind of as close as you can get. Yeah, it's like this energy that like, you need wrestle to... wrestle me. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Wrestle <laughs> me harder. <laughs> that's my theory anyway. No, I, yeah, I... I love it in like in soccer or football or something when someone gets a goal and then everyone hugs yeah, each other. Yeah, like, totally. yeah, cuddles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need touch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you made it work. I made it work. Presented a think, yeah. milk machine work. A milk machine work. It had some film in it, which was cool. Any milk? No, okay. no milk. I did, yeah. You considered it. I, did, <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of things. I had, um, like, epilators. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Epilators uh, are, like, torture machines. Yeah, and they sound, like, Kate has one that she got given by an auntie oh, and yeah. she brought it in and it sounds like oh it's terrifying it's like like this yeah and we're supposed to you know just <laughs> use it smiling to, yeah smiling but yeah it's like <laughs> yeah it's like um a plow or something yeah oh it's yeah it's terrifying mm. um yeah so we had that i thought about yeah like drinking milk I did see a burlesque show once where a woman had bottles of milk and just like put them on her breasts and just swung <laughs> them around and covered the audience in milk. But I imagine that's not what you do. No, no, definitely not. Mm. But there's lots of. Uh, You're not operating the burlesques kind no. of scene. <laughs> no, I mean like maybe it's something I maybe do in a future perfect, development. Perfect uh, um, environment for a milk machine. Imagine like Burlesque. big poster, speaker yeah. tent, milky, <laughs> milky audience members. Did it? Um, what did the show look like? Um, it was like ten minutes long, or it was half an hour long. Yeah, it was about ten minutes. Yeah. Um. Actually, I had somebody, a friend of mine, who saw it, um, tell me it was like watching this weird obscure Australian landscape Mm. and I was like oh wow that wasn't what I was you know that wasn't the impact you were trying to no but it's kind of nice that Mm. that's what they took away from it Mm. um but yeah it was quite I guess the beginning was quite sparse there was a lot of uh looking back like uh, as us as performers like looking back at the audience and like returning the gaze mm. um, which was uh, interesting because it was performed like on a raised stage with like lighting and the audience were all in darkness and it's uh-huh. you know I think I'd always pictured it as something a bit more uh, intimate and less presenty yeah. um, and there was lots of dancing because I like physical doing the things that my body can do so amen yeah and it's a moment where um it's like it can go too far and abstract us from what we're exploring but at the same time it can give us respite from the need to logic and rationally represent each thing one for one. Yes. And so it can actually just become a force in time and space that the the viewer can experience vicariously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What a tricky line to walk. Super tricky. Yeah. And it's like 
do you follow the desire which desire do you follow like the desire for legibility from a viewer or the desire of exhaustion by the end of the show for the performer or the desire virtuosity yeah yeah I think usually it's like wouldn't it be a shame if um, my favourite rappers felt that they had to go slow enough for people who were not invested to understand them because yeah. actually I hear it because I am invested yes and the people who are not invested don't hear it so that's fine yeah but like it gives me as a as a witness to their craft something to reach for to be able to keep up with the people who are pushing what is possible yeah um, but at the same time they're not uh, like it's they're not saying nothing they're still saying something and they're still training and rehearsing to articulate the words um, so that it is yeah it still is the thing but it's just at a point where you can't be you have to be an active viewer yes yeah, yeah. Mm. an active audience mm. Mm. I think there's something in it too where, uh, yeah, watching this kind of physicality, you can choose to not engage in the reading and interpreting and you can just appreciate it for mm. it being something, mm. I don't know, that maybe your body can't do or can do and you're seeing it on, you know, in another form, in another body. Mm. Yeah. And as a maker, it's just, even if I'm not in the work myself, there's something really satisfying about, uh, yeah, expression through physicality mm. and how can these, I don't know, concepts, brainy chat and stuff be just yeah. physical? Yeah. Yeah, and how can it not be actually a representation, a physical representation mm. of the thoughts, but a way of the thoughts to be expressed as milk is expressed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just another... In milk machine. In milk machines, yeah. And then how was your impact from that work? Was it good? You weren't thinking about impact back then. No, well, yes, it was. Uh, I was, it was, um, it was impactful, definitely on uh, myself, like finally getting to do this mm. thing that's mm. been in me. Mm. Um, so it definitely had an impact on my, yeah, my own practice, my own artistic desires and purpose. Um, yeah, and I had, I guess, in terms of, like, greater recognition and, and impact on the people that got to see it, um, I had a lot of people um, come and talk to me about how they resonated with uh, some of the images and... Um, yeah, people who... I guess because it's not a new concept, like being a woman making work about women I feel like tell me speaking of the converted yeah I've been doing the blokes project <laughs> five years yeah yeah and people are like we know what it is we, yeah and I'm saying but do but you that's not the thing that <coughs> yeah. it is like, yeah you know that all you know is that you think you know yes and actually the reason that we need to work on this thing is the thing that you think you know is not the it's thing not that we need to know it, it's, it's just like it's all over again <laughs> She's back. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, it must be. But, yeah, totally. It's like these people go, oh, yeah, I've seen work about women before. It's like, but... Yeah. Yeah. And in some ways it's not really about the viewer. It's about, like, a way for you to think through this thing, Mm. not through essay or through poetry, through physicality, through Mm -hmm. this body that has, like, poetically assigned in this social construct you as a woman. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and I guess it's impactful. 
because I, I want to keep diving into it. I feel like there's some things that I start and um, they either change like quite early on in the process and I go, oh, that's kind of not what I was... Mm. Or I find something else interesting and go on off, and off on a tangent or I do it and then that was enough and I don't need to... <laughs> yeah, like hand talking, hand dancing. Um, yeah, that it was enough just as that thing and I don't need to kind of or right now you know 24 yeah. year old me doesn't need to keep doing it but yeah. it was well, such a different thing to like be working on something and around the edges of it be considering its impact and its purpose or working on something that is fulfilling your desire for impact and purpose mm. but then to move on to another project and that project is directly dealing with impact <laughs> and purpose yeah then you're like, well, what do you hang that on? Yes. But, yeah. And can you hang impact on impact and can you hang purpose on purpose? It doesn't seem like it. Yeah. But maybe that's what is exciting and that's what is the challenge. It's because there's like a, a celebrated nihilism in that the thing that I'm doing, I only need to do because I need to feel purpose yes yeah and and so validation let's, yes. <laughs> so let's not say that it's um some kind of save the rainforest let's say actually i need to feel a part of something and i'll just find something oh this is all right yeah yeah and the something is like yeah i need to save rainforest well this is what i want like yeah i feel this way i feel that there is there's heaps of shit in the world that's not good enough Yes. But I'm making dancing. Yeah. Sometimes have this conversation other things. probably every day with myself. Yeah. But I don't feel bad about that because um once well, because of a lot of reasons, but like once people are fed and clothed and warm and safe, then what? There still needs to be people that are dealing with the then what. Yes. Um, not to say that any of those things are achieved or are easy, but I, on some level, don't feel like I can choose the sensitivities. Like others, others might say talent, but I would say just that there are some things that I'm sensitive to. Yep. And I'm not sensitive to like um, some things, but I am sensitive to the inherent sense of biomechanics yeah and if that's what i've got to offer then i need to do that really well yeah and try and do it for as many people as it can be good for yeah yeah and in as many different contexts as it can be beneficial for because that's like that's what i pulled out of the hat it's like coming to potluck yeah and being like i got this bok choy <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, we're making spaghetti bolognese. You're like, You're like well, <laughs> is anyone making anything else? <laughs> Can I use my bok choy? Yeah, wow. exactly. Yeah. Like, I know everyone needs the spaghetti, but... I there's can't a way my bok that. choy can yeah, yeah, there's, there's, be a part of this yes. spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, um... So what have I... Um, what have I failed to ask you? What have you failed to ask me? Yeah. Like if you were having your dialogue with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bit of gibberish up there. That's. Um, How does film fit into all of this uh, studio practice and Emma dancing and um, furthering the thoughts that you're having in your brain? furthering them all the way into the body and then putting your body in front of people. How does film making form part of that? Part of that? Um, I feel like it's coming back to purpose and impact, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like I came about wanting to be more... Impactful. <laughs> Purposeful. Purposeful. Famous, basically. Famous, yeah, you know. Um, Would you rather be rich or famous? Oh, but oh, it's that thing. But are you rich when you're famous? Like, 
Is that where? No, Superman's famous. He's not rich. Oh, true. Has to have a job, day job. (laughs) (laughs) It's only Batman and Iron Man who are rich rich and famous. All the other superheroes are poor as Spider-Man especially. (laughs) Day jobs. Even superheroes need day jobs. Um, Like dancers. Like dancers. Like artists. (laughs) Uh, Rich or famous? Rich? Same. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I don't really care if I'm famous, but if I had money, I could do more stuff. Like what you were saying before, you could learn how to fly. I would love to learn how to fly. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the things that I've been able to learn in my life have been able to learn in tuition fee free environments like I have a friend who wants to do karate but he needs a buddy to do it with and I'm like well if you teach me I'll do it with you yes ha ha (laughs) yeah right yeah yeah see yeah rich over fame definitely um so film yes sorry so film um yeah this uh just kind of a way to make the stuff that I'm interested in uh more accessible um, like not conceptually accessible, but logistically accessible. Yeah, logistically yeah. accessible. Um, like, and rather than just me doing a, you know, iPhone film of my dance, like where I just prop up my phone and film it, like can I, t- that's a medium of itself, like how do I turn this dancing stuff into film or not even dancing stuff you just turn just... the film in la- like the phone into landscape <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> instead of portrait and then it's a whole different then it's thing like a, yeah it's crazy yeah, and then you upload it to Instagram and then magic happens mm. um yeah just another way of uh expressing the things that are in my brain um I feel like film has possibilities that can you know defy gravity and you know like you can do stuff on film and you can kind of uh dictate and I guess curate what your audience is looking at like Mm. you can just film like the veins in your neck Mm. and then but if you were to just do the action of whatever you were doing to make that happen Mm. your audience necessarily won't necessarily be looking at that like you can kind of I guess choreograph the camera but you can yeah you can make them look at stuff like you can and then what you put it on Vimeo and then people get to watch it around the world or you just like email it to people (laughs) check out my film burn a DVD (laughs) yeah burn a DVD like like chain mail like Miranda July, I think she did something like that in the early 90s. Cool. She was, like, getting women directors who were making short films to send them to her and she'd compile them onto this, like, big VHS and you could sign up or, like, sign up. You could give her your address and you'd wow. get sent a wow. VHS. That's like, cool. Yeah, it was very cool. It's, like, this kind of underground, like cult film that's how scene. a lot of breakdancing style got to australia before youtube yeah right um people would go and learn or whatever or they would have they would know someone over there and they would get a vhs and they would dub it and they'd post it over or bring it back with them and then every b-boy or b-girl on the scene would dub it as well Amazing. and then one of those eventually got to darwin <coughs> and that's how yeah it's like these old VHSs that you just and that's how you learn that's that's how shit goes viral (laughs) VHS we should bring it back I don't even know if there's VHS players anymore probably not but but the web is there so why yeah I have a record player oh yeah they're very in they are in it's from my mum she used to run a music store cool in Mandabra and so she had like top of the line the music store needed to have a top of the line record playing system she would put it out on the street in the, the one main street and like blast the albums that were for sale and you could yes. play instruments and stuff now you have it and now yeah now I have it and I'm like I'm really excited because I got a couple of 
albums in the mail. I, I'm, I'm only really interested in the ones that you need to listen to as an event. Like the whole other, album. Yeah, yeah, otherwise I'll just listen to it on YouTube playlists. Yeah. Because it's free <laughs> and it's everywhere <laughs> and the bass is better. Yes. But there are some things that feel like they are uh, like a film. Yeah. A musical. You sit down to do them. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. So that's, yeah, I'm interested. I also found a, like a CD book, like a hundred CD book that someone had thrown out in hard rubbish and it's just been in my car and I've just been like listening to a CD and being like, yeah, no. <laughs> out. Yeah, out. Or like, yeah, who is it? Oh, Celine Dion. Okay. <laughs> Keep that one. Celine. <laughs> Where you been, Celine? Where you been, Celine? It's great driving music. Do, do people, do you put film and dance together or you just put dance into some films? Um, I do both. Milk Machines was film and dance together. So there was a dance and then there was film like in a projected form mm. um, that was uh, yeah like images that I wanted to explore but I didn't well they were in the dancing in the physical dancing but it's this thing of like I really want people to like look at the skin above your knee like just that bit. There must be a name for that, eh? Yeah. What is that part I don't know, of you? Where it all like, where it all that, like, you can crumple bit it up. Bit of mushy bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mushy part of your mm-hmm. upper knee. Mm. Yeah, like that, or um, the part that gets wrinkled when you get old. Yeah. Or when you saggy knees. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that, like, I really I wanted people to look at that, Why? which is, um, it was to do with uh like beauty and um like the manicured woman and Mm. like um and in this kind of digitally altered photoshopped Mm. thing it's like I just wanted uh, it was more of a reminder like we've all got this weird mushy wrinkly bit of knee and actually it's quite beautiful (laughs) How do you walk the line between like, um, rejection of the need for the female to be uh, appeasing or attractive in the male gaze, but at the same time not submit to like the need to be grotesque, like to perform the grotesque? As in? Uh, like... Like in in perform in dance in performance or just in my every in like in choosing so that when you're talking about the knee it's like yes. you didn't choose I don't know people like shit dripping down someone's leg or something that was actually gross you yes. chose this thing that you still think is beautiful but is never viewed yes and so I'm wondering about like how to say we don't need to be beautiful for you but we are beautiful <laughs> yeah. How do I walk that and, line? Yeah, and not tip over into just, like, being grotesque as a statement of empowerment or something. Because yes. also when you're talking about powerful dancing in these female bodies, that's also... There's um, beauty and poise and control and agency mm-hmm. within that that is not masculine, actually. Yeah. No, no. It's a very feminine mm. energy still. Mm. Whereas, like, sometimes Wonder Woman really tips over into, like, actually just being a masculine superhero. Yes. Just in a female form. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's... Like, I'm not uh, making you look at this stuff because I, I want you to be like, oh, that's, that's gross or... But more just... Here we go, rambling. It's like a, and maybe it's like a, a gratitude stimulant or something. You're saying, mm. you're basically saying, look at my face, not at my boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yes, we are beautiful. But also us. it's like, can you look at someone's boobs and they not be... 
Ah, sexual objects. Or something. Yeah, yeah, it's right. more just like because they're milk machines. <laughs> oh well, yeah, I don't know. That was a. I mean, I have friends that do that train for um, muscular strength, and they're man boobs like they're quite well defined and then like they talk about having real nice titties on the the boys titties (laughs) and it's about like definition but then that's about power like those are muscles that can be exerted yes I mean I'm also rambling it's not that I expect that you have answers to these things. No. I'm just to picking up where, when you're talking about like different body parts and how like some yeah. things are beautiful and some things we all know are beautiful and some things we need to be reminded are beautiful and that beauty is not the enemy. No. Yeah. I think it's this like walking the line between being grotesque or doing things just to be like yeah 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 yeah. I think I guess it's ultimately about yeah decision and and agency like I get to decide if I want to be grotesque in the way that I'm doing it and if you view it as grotesque then that's fine but if Mm. I'm doing this thing that I deem to be beautiful and you still find it grotesque then that's a reflection on you and Mm. not yeah and not uh, not a reflection on my failing to uphold the like these weird impossible standards and yes so if you find that weird part of my knee grotesque then that's like a a reflection on you like (laughs) totally uh, do you think you'll do a show called Saggy Knees? Saggy Knees. Saggy Knees are awesome. The purpose of Saggy Knees. The purpose of the impact of Saggy Knees. Yeah. <laughs> can Saggy Knees have, have an impact? Did you get knee surgery? Yeah. I don't know if I can roll uh, these jeans no, up. No, no, no. Um, jeans are just like rolling up these days. Yeah. Um, I've got just two little dots oh, yeah, on my knees, so it's like not a big... I've actually got worse scars from just, you know, falling over in the dirt like than I do from, like, you know reconstructive surgery but (laughs) cool yeah what would you say inspires you um everything makes you excited um I get excited oh man I'm so just talking about impact and purpose I get excited when (laughs) people are doing their thing like when they're like living their exact actualized actual yeah, yeah like yeah. what they want to do and what they're yeah fucking passionate about um that inspires me that they have it, and that like I said before it might be working in retail like if that's yeah. if you're really into that and you are doing that then that gets me excited yeah like excitement is contagious yeah yeah i get excited when i thought i knew something and then i realized that i didn't and now i knew something else yeah whoa yeah it's like a free hit of dopamine or something yeah totally yeah new new things are great new knowledge and but it's actually terrible for um scaling of any kind of business model because (laughs) novelty is hand in hand with some kind of chaos or learning curve and so actually you just need to be doing the same thing on rote to lock in security of income. Ah, <laughs> uh, who needs that? Ah. <laughs> yeah. We've got Medicare for now. <laughs> oh, God. For now, yeah. But, yeah, no, that's inspiring. I think, yeah, just I consume a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. like... I watch a lot of film, I go to lots of live music and I go and look at paintings and nature and I feel like, yeah, there's just so much. Mm. I feel like constantly doing and seeing and being is inspiring. Or like I feel like I'm always inspired, like something will pop up, like... Mm. 
how delightful yeah. <laughs> to well, be inspired so often. Yeah. It's interesting that, like, film gets made by a person for another person and music gets made by a person for another person. Um, nature... It's just... Just makes itself so that it can be. And then... <laughs> we're maybe like, that's wow, its you purpose. really inspire me. <laughs> <laughs> you over there, rock, you really inspire me. <laughs> yeah. That's nature's purpose, I guess. To inspire Emma! <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. when you're not there, everything just stops growing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> not true at all, but... Um... Do you know why? Do you know, like, what's your biggest hope for all of the efforts that you put into making stuff and clawing back from rehabilitation <laughs> and a promising career in retail? <laughs> um, why? My biggest hope. Like Backstreet Boys. Tell me why. <laughs> um, I guess because I like the why like why I do it is because I actually just can't uh picture myself or fathom doing anything else and I have tried doing other things and then I always end up coming back to this and I feel like that could be like an abusive relationship (laughs) I've really tried to leave (laughs) oh yeah well I don't think I have an abusive relationship (laughs) with with dance but um (laughs) but a lot of people do yeah yeah it's very true Mm. Um, why, why did you try other things? Just, I thought, well, yeah, when I uh, buggered up my knee, I felt, like, you know, uninspired and I wasn't going out and doing and seeing and mm. being a part of the world. Mm. Um, and, yeah then there's a little part of your brain that goes, oh, financial security and, you know, capitalist dream of owning a house and having a family and la la la. Like, um... Sounds lovely. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But it's not lovely. <laughs> it's uninspiring and boring. And then I was, yeah, not happy. So making dance, even when it's... Unfunded and un. Unfun. <laughs> Unfun. It still is satisfying. Yeah. So I guess my biggest hope is that I just keep doing things, whether that's dance or not, but I just keep doing things that are inspiring and good for my soul. Thanks, Emma. That's okay. Thanks. It's a big question. <laughs> What's your biggest hope? <laughs> I just like to ease in at the beginning. Yeah. And slam me at the end. Yeah. What's your biggest hope? And when will you achieve it? Yeah. What's your, <laughs> what's what's your, your deadline? deadline? What's your goal deadline? Cool. Thanks, Matt.